Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James and Scott with you as per usual, and we're very happy to be joined in place of Adam by Angela Bassick from the Women's Game. Angela, welcome. Hello, thank you guys for having me back. You finally stopped celebrating after Sunday? Um, no, we've got more celebrations <laughs> to come. <laughs> Hopefully so, anyway. I like this new one 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 formation as well, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, still celebrating, of course. Why yeah, of you? course. <laughs> yes, Adam's off on another fundraising trip at, yeah. at the track at the moment, so... <laughs> <laughs> we had to bring in someone else and th- thought, why not go for our regular guest? So, obviously yes. we're going to talk about the Raw for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. I need to start mentioning that a little bit more often as I've reminded myself listening back to the show. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start with the good stuff and go to around about 3.30 Sunday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium when the Raw W League side took on Canberra. Tell us what happened. <laughs> well, Angela's quite an emotional person that day. <laughs> She was almost crying in the box when they won. Um, but yeah, Brisbane Royal W League side are the premiers. It's been a fantastic season. We've only dropped two points away from home, We, which was a draw to Melbourne City a few weeks ago. They've only had two kind of sad losses to Perth and Newcastle throughout the season. And hey, um, they have won. Abby Lloyd, Toowoomba local, put it on a show as well in the dying minutes. And it was a real procession in the end for the... Raw, they obviously needed to avoid defeat with the way the Sydney yeah. derby was going. And it got off to a yeah. great start with Hayley Razo scoring in the 12th minute. That was really important, actually, given it was 2 0 last week before the Raw game mm-hmm. even kicked off. So you, the Raw, I don't know if they knew or not, but the early goal was absolutely crucial just to calm everything down. Well, that was that just set them on their way. Hypothetically, if you're a coach, do you want to know in that situation? Um, I probably wouldn't. And Mel said that she didn't know either, she wouldn't tell the players at all. Yeah. And she didn't even know when they went out for the second half that they were leading 4-0. <laughs> I might find out myself, but I wouldn't be telling the players anything. I just want them focused on you. Win your game, you'll be fine. Fair enough. I also will say it would be amazing if this was like the Premier League. They were all kicking off at the same time. Yeah, that's what we were yeah. asking. We were asking why didn't they just push it? Yeah. Why didn't they just put it, put it forward 30 minutes? But I'm assuming it had to do something with the Western Sydney and Central Coast Mariners game on Fox Sports. Possibly. I've been thinking if they had had the five, the four or five games kicking off at the same time, on like dedicate a block on Sunday afternoon, have all five because. If Canberra was still alive on Sunday, it could have been amazing. And you could do that same sort of coverage what we've seen for the FFA yeah, Cup exactly. match nights. Yeah, have reporters at each ground, cut to the goals. What could have worked? Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's an idea that Fox can go with in the future. Anyway, that tangent's been a goal. I could say more, but... Yeah. 2-0 at halftime. Emily Gilnick, good goal. I was walking to the stadium at this point in yeah. time because I was trying to charge the batteries yeah. for fan cams. Whoops. We'll get to that. That was a really good set-piece goal again. The WL has done really well with set-pieces this year, and this was another really good one. Emily Gilnick at the near post. Yeah, it, it is true what everyone has been saying. Carson Picker does have the best left foot yeah. in that competition and probably in the A-League too. She just knows where to put them in the box. And I thought Em was going to kick it over the net if I'm over the crossbar, if I'm being honest. But no, she didn't. It was perfect. And thank God for that. We needed that goal just before halftime. And then, as you mentioned, Lloyd, the super sub, just came in and put on a real show. Yeah, she's been um, going pretty well, um, and I think she just needed her chance to shine, and um, Mel gave that to her when she pulled Gilnick off as well, so it was good to see. But it, her two goals were bookending what, for me, was the goal of the game. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where Thorsnes from Cameron. Yeah, I'm going to apologise for the pronunciation yeah. there. I We don't speak Norwegian. <laughs> I, str- I might have also misspelled her, I'm not sure. I struggle with English, so. <laughs> but... Absolute, br- absolutely brilliant volley, top corner. Not much you could do about that. No, I kind of do wish that the defence wouldn't bl- play around so much with the ball, especially going into this weekend against our opposition. But it is something that I'm guessing Mel will address in training. But if, And even so, like big picture, it didn't really matter yeah. too much. And the crowd was still yeah. celebrating all through the final 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good crowd in as well. Yeah. Like taking advantage of the doubleheader, it was really good. Well, that was actually one thing that kind of surprised me in the second half a little bit. So where Scott and I were sitting, 
it was actually getting quite full and you could see a lot of people with members lanyards coming around them. So I was actually waiting for the inevitable screaming match of, you're in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, as he preempted that, like 10 15 minutes to go in the game, so you can, with all W League is on, it's open seating and then afterwards you've got to move. Yeah. Because normally they leave that till full time, but... I think some forward. people have maybe slowly realised that that happens. Yeah. Like, I remember the first two games, people getting really angry, saying, that is my seat, and then kindly trying to calm them down, saying, it's general admission. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to work sometimes. <laughs> well, also, I suppose, just because of the time gap, you don't always get people showing up for kickoff or missing the half-time announcement. Yeah. So, i got to admit, I love the doubleheaders this year. They were awesome. I think they're brilliant. I I would I do like how the they start later as well instead of like the two o'clock start. That was a pain yeah. sometimes, but yeah, I like the later starts as well. Yeah, they're, they're a bit rough in the middle of summer. Oh like yeah, hot day, two p.m. kickoffs. And it does and it does concern me as well though that the um, men's game kicks off later as well. It kicks off on six p.m. on a Sunday, like which everyone says is too late mm. in, for those of you with families, but. I don't have a family, so... Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. I was across the road yeah. celebrating anyway, so it didn't bother me. <laughs> but Good decision. Even so, like, the doubleheaders have gone quite well, and there are still a few logistical issues that probably do need to be addressed with that. We asked David Perret at the Fan Forum, would they consider doing what Newcastle have done when they've had the early Saturday afternoon games and possibly having A-League at 4.30, W-League at 6.50, or however you can spread that out, but... Yeah, I got no complaints with it, to be honest. I think the girls would appreciate playing a night game, actually. It would probably be easier for them at some stages. Yeah. Mm. It's I-, I think Perot also talked about taking a couple of games away from Suncorp next year back to the back to the more suburban grounds as well. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes next year. Because I like the doubleheaders. I think they've been really good. Mm. Yeah, as long as we don't go up to Peninsula Power again, I'm quite happy. Yeah, no yeah. offence, Peninsula Power, but it's a very long way to drive for me. It's not <laughs> yeah, and this is where we can also be glad we don't have Adam to say, well, I'm not going to Logan. Yeah. <laughs> He's not here. It doesn't matter. Yes, that's right. But, and he's definitely not going to be listening to this show, so we no. can just bag him out for <laughs> yes, exactly. 45 minutes or so. Can we do that in segment two? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as we mentioned, the other games in the W League for the final round, Adelaide 2-1 over Victory, City 3-0 over Newcastle, Sydney 4-1 over Western Sydney. So, Angela, you're our W League expert. How would you rate this season overall? Well, I reckon the season's just been a step up above um, what it was last season, but it's still been as close as it ever has been. It's the W League, and as we say in, at the women's football game, that's just the W League. Yeah. When you see someone beat someone unexpectedly, Mel- Melbourne City beating Newcastle in that final game, that's the W League. That that happens. Melbourne City needed to win, and they pulled it out. Newcastle did a W League thing and just didn't turn up. And that's something that they can really look to build on going forward is it's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And Newcastle's been a real surprise this year as well, because we were talking about it in the preview we all, we all had Newcastle missing the finals considerably, and they <laughs> proved us all wrong. It's been really good for them. Yeah, yeah sorry, let's not Newcastle. talk about yeah. pre-season predictions <laughs> for any of the raw sides. So I will say the Raw have picked up 15 more points this year than they did last year, so they've been a model of consistency. And the goal scoring has been brilliant too. Yeah. It's something that had to be focused on for us to make finals, and they I mean, don't melted that. goals, apparently. Well, funnily enough... So Fox keeps saying. Yeah. Well, we don't actually score a lot They come in fits and spurts. Yeah. And yeah. Let's face it, if they yeah. come in fits and spurts over the next two weekends, I think the entire fan base will be happy. I'm another four goals on Sunday. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, just looking at the Raw, what surprised me is just the depth that they've had coming off the bench for the substitutes. Like, you look at it and go, oh, wow, that's actually not really all that much of a drop-off. And to me, that depth is really what's made the difference for them this year. I think it's been great that the squad that was taken over by Mel had this depth already and that Mel was there in the NTC squad, which is the one that's meant to step up into Brisbane Royals W League side. And she's been able to also bring players through that. So these players have been pretty much brought through the Royal system. They're there if need be for like the next few years as well. And I think it's brilliant what Royal have done with their youth teams on the women's side of things. Yeah, yeah Depp's most encapsulated by Lira Toby stepping in when Waikie Chung did, failed to deliver, unfortunately. That's probably the one low point for the rules so far, is that Waikie Chung hasn't got off the mark, but there's still time. Yeah, there's we did time. think she scored a goal in Adelaide. We were quite happy, but no, it was an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe give it the assist or something. We'll yeah. <laughs> All right, so normally we preview the W League game now, but we're actually going to push that back to segment four. And yes. we'll be back right after this to talk about the A League result. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela with you for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. 
And we're going to talk about what was the second most disappointing result of the weekend for me in the A-League result against Melbourne City. Scott? You don't want to talk about what the most disappointing one was? I think you should tell people. It was the Super Bowl where the Patriots lost. Right. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. But if you hear some blubbering from, you know, off microphone in the next yeah. 40 or so minutes, that's what it is. Yeah, it's your house. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> so Sunday night, the Raw went down 2-1 to Melbourne City in what's been called by quite a few people a very entertaining game, albeit frustrating for the home crowd. I can't say too much. I was off celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Again, an excellent decision. <laughs> All right, well, Scott, what did you make of it? I, oh, it's just the same old, same old for the Raw, really. So they're going in like a never-ending cycle. They have a, a big meltdown, then they have a fight-back win, and then they fall back into these these disappointing losses. It's a continual cycle. It's just, they can't snap out of it. The big surprise for me, though, was Daniel Leck keeping his starting spot. I honestly thought yeah. they'd bring in Ivan Franich. I thought Ben Kalfler was a shoo-in to start in his place, to be honest with you. Mm. Just because he was back from suspension. I thought that was a logical move that would happen. And the other change, of course, Jacob Pepper in for Jade North, which, again, was also a little bit puzzling. It was, because Daniel Bowles was warming up behind the goal early in the first half, which means... I, I wonder know, if that was a fitness test. Maybe, but the game had already started, though, so what's the point? I don't know. In, it's interesting. It add it to the list of crazy things that happen at Raw Games. Yeah. <laughs> and that one sits somewhere in the middle. Yeah. In the mid-200s somewhere. Yeah. So, Macaroni opened the scoring early off what was a brilliant ball in. You've got to give the credit there. I saw that. That was the only thing I saw. <laughs> the only thing you <laughs> saw? You can talk about it if you like. And, the, and I saw the replay. The only thing you I saw or the only thing you remember? I only thing I saw because I was getting off the elevator. I'm like, oh, we scored. <laughs> that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the ball yeah. in, fantastic. Well, it wasn't a goal off a corner to end that streak, but it was a set-piece goal, which was something, I suppose. Yeah, it was actually pretty... I didn't expect that to happen, actually, from our previous set-pieces, considering we have not scored from a corner in God knows how long, actually. You'd be pushing 275, 280 time. Yeah, it's somewhere yeah. around 270 now. Yeah. It, it was brilliant. I was a bit afraid Macaroni wouldn't actually get onto the end of it. Yeah. Um, but he did. He proved me wrong. <laughs> it took about did. three replays for me to actually work out that it did cop a deflection off his yeah. head. Because <laughs> watching it live, because you know the angle I yeah. sit at, Scott. Yeah. It almost looked like it was just one of those ones where everyone went for it and the keeper just went, oh, someone's going to get it. <laughs> but no, it was a nice little glancing header into the corner. And there's really, you know, it was some sort of positive, which was something. But... It wasn't the only chance for the Roar in that first half, and Dean Bazanis came up with some phenomenal oh, saves. Yeah. He did have a couple of good saves. The one off Holman in particular was a yeah. top save, really. That's one that I feel like Holman probably scores more often than is saved. Yeah, he'd say so. And we're going to get into a difference between saved and miss later on. <laughs> but, yeah, it wasn't enough, and then City wound up equalising. They did. It was, um, yeah, it was a simple goal, really, wasn't it? Yeah. So Let's move on. <laughs> it's another defensive lap for the Roar. Mm. Then Jack Hingott had a penalty shout. I'm still trying to work out how that was not given, but... VAR said it's not a penalty. It's clear. And since when was VAR getting things right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that just... I do not know... No, it's a penalty. It's yeah. a penalty. You're right, it's a penalty. Yeah, and... It's just frustrating. It really, really is. Like it's not, can we just play that every week now to sum up the season? Just, that, just those five words. We'll see if we can get the guys down in Melbourne to yeah. put that into our introduction. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then City, what turned out to be the game-winning goal, it was not a shining moment for anybody involved there, was it? I don't know how to describe that. No, it was just a defensive I think error. all three of them could have done so much better with that. Yeah. And I, was listening... I think Jamie Young probably should have came and taken the ball because that's yes. what a goalkeeper normally does. Mm-hmm. Come out, just take the ball. And if you have to clean up the defenders, you do it, but... And when you're that far off your line, that to me is where it kind of falls yeah. into the area of responsibility for the goalkeeper. That is true, yeah. Um, although I've only seen the replays of this. <laughs> You've seen more than some of the people yeah. commentating on it, I'm <laughs> sure of that. Yeah, I'm guessing when it goes into that area, it is the goalkeeper's, but then again, if he didn't shout for it, yeah. it's, it's not his. You've got to keep going for the ball until the goalkeeper says and something. This, and this is where changing centre-backs every week has an effect on communication. I know Pepper and Papadops have played together a lot, but even so, if you're like, changing it every week, it, it has an effect. And that would have been their first time together since what 
November. The spitting incident with Papadopoulos. Yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden you're looking at that and you can't really put too much blame on Matt Mackay there when he was trying to mark Stefan Mork. No, he tracked the run. Just... He tracked the run. He was, he was just... the wrong slab, but he tracked the run. He's had what's happened to me many, many times yeah. when I've been on the field where, oh, that guy's just taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> no you can comment. do about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the penalty came about in the second half. Uh-huh. Ben Kalfala, I'd say he earned that. No yeah. drop. No, that was a penalty. Yeah. I can't believe it was, was it um, Delbridge arguing about it or Jakobsen, whoever it was. It's a clear penalty. Well, considering the way that Delbridge was arguing any time anything went <laughs> yeah. for or against him, that's not that much yeah. of a surprise. Yeah, you're always going to argue if something goes against you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it goes for you. Yeah, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> just quick little tangent here. That is one thing I do actually enjoy about the raw playing Melbourne City, especially in, like being there in person, is just how heated the games get. I don't know exactly what it was, whether it's Aloisi's history with them or whatnot, but they just This go one was on the tame it. end, really, compared to some of the stuff I've seen in the past. Yes, I remember. Corey Fra- Brown and Luke yeah. Bradley, the last home game, and... Franich kicking Aloisi- Broich into submission. That, that and Ben Ship and Aloisi going at each other. Yeah. It was tame, but it was still... <laughs> like, there's a lot of fire there when those two teams meet. Anyway, the penalty. I... Rubbish. I don't care who is taking it. It could be Neymar. It could be. I've got some examples. Of Ronaldo. Go ahead. I do not like the stutter step. Yeah. And even when Enrique took that style of penalty oh, in the man. grand final, I was sitting there going, "I just had a mental image in my head going, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh." <laughs> if you had any thoughts at that point, you were more coherent than me. Because <laughs> I was gone at that point. But the two that came to my mind was Dario Rodriguez in the Soccer is Uruguay qualifier. Yeah. He stutter stepped, and Ronaldo in the Champions League final against Chelsea. Mm. Oh, yeah. Both of them stutter step, and they both missed. I'm I a, hate the stutter yeah. step as well. You just lose all your momentum. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in if you pick the right spot and hit it hard enough, it is unsavable. Yeah. And, yeah, even I if do. the keeper goes the right way. From being a goalkeeper from perspective, I do believe the stutter step's trying to get the goalkeeper off their line mm. so the player can just try and frazzle the goalkeeper if the referee chooses for him to take again. But the referee doesn't seem to understand those rules. That They never call that anyway. They never call that anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And thankfully they didn't call that in the 2011 Grand Final because both Matt Ryan and Theo were jumping forward. (laughs) As clear as daylight it was. Every penalty, the goalkeeper's off the line and someone's encroaching into the box. Every time. And we won't mention the Matildas uh, Brazil in the Olympics a couple of years ago with the encroachment from the goalkeepers. No, please don't. (laughs) But uh, it was was just so frustrating because it actually felt like, for me, Macaroni scores there and you've got all the momentum back on the raw side. Yeah, but what, 15 minutes ago, you, the Royal Vol would have gone on and won the game. But mm. Not to be. Not this year. Yeah. So, the substitutions, Bortiak and, somewhat surprisingly, Macarone went off. I don't get this at all. I understand the Fanich and Lech one, because it's the same program after an hour, but taking off Bortiak when you're down 2-1 makes no sense to me whatsoever. Cause and also, Macaroni was... going off. He and Gamero actually have had a good, decent combination at times. Mm. thought you might have tried that again, but... Well, I'm left to wonder, it. was it a confidence thing with Macaroni? Because like, he did get the goal in the first half, but he did have a couple of other chances that just didn't look like he was quite sure of himself. So, I'm sure he's missed penalties in his career before. So Had penalties saved? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever he missed. It didn't he go did in, not right. score. It didn't, did not score. I'm sure that's happened to him before. Yeah. and uh, I, I was calling for Gamero to come on well before he did as well. I think he's got that pace up front, which the team sorely lacks. Mm. So... Anyway. More puzzling subs. The biggest cheer of the night, of course, was for the special guest, Enrique. Second biggest. The W League winning was the biggest. But well, well that, the was night. A, that was the afternoon. Okay, the A League was the night. Yeah. There's a different definition there. And that was great to see Enrique there. Yeah, definitely. And what do you think of the guy who's apparently going to win the Ballon d'Or this year, Daniel Arzani? He is going to win the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> Don't you start. No, he was really good. I mean... You know I've been calling for him to get chances at Melbourne City for a while. You've been calling him for him to get chances at the Raw next I know. <laughs> I was so dis- disappointed when City threw him because I thought the Raw would have signed him. But anyway, I, no, he was really good. He gave Corey Brown a tough game and he was by far the best player on the field in the outfield. He did look like he ran out of legs a little bit yeah. late on though. But anyway, that's just me. Anyway, things... Cap him in the Socceroos. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh... What, do you want to play James Troisi again? No, Ramadak Bari. <laughs> You've got to keep it local. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm definitely not a blind rule supporter <laughs> at all. So He scored last night. Yeah, that's true. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in segment three. But in the end, 
by, despite their best efforts, the Raw couldn't find a way to equalise after that penalty, and it was left to be another disappointing loss. It was actually the first time I've sat to the... Is that nine losses at home this year? It's getting... I think it's it, something like that. I don't think it'd be nine, would it? It's 11 home games played already. I'm trying to think... Uh, how many... Uh, this is also where a little bit more show prep on yeah. behalf of Scott and I will yeah. come in a very <laughs> I don't handy. know if one to it. I don't know if they've drawn. Oh, no, I've drawn a couple. Yeah. So I don't think it's nine, but... Right, seven. It's been more home losses yeah. than what anyone in the fan base would be used to seeing. Yeah. yeah. And... Actually, I did notice across from me there was a sign that said Aloisi out. Yeah. Oh, Lord. It was held up from like minute two all the way through oh the game. Oh, my God. People have nothing better to do. <laughs> it was actually a very well-printed sign. I'll give you credit for that. It was legible. and yeah, Fox but... finally picked it up in like the 90th minute. It was held up for the whole game. <laughs> yes, and thankfully that, for them at least, that yeah. sign didn't get them in trouble like a certain banner in about the... 30th minute? I'm surprised that didn't get taken off them, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it was, it was almost directly opposite where Alucci was sitting as well. Yeah. It would have been in his line He's of sight like, all yeah, game. let's keep this on. Yeah. This is great. Ross, that one's aimed at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said Alucci out and then Alucci out again, so I couldn't round at both of them. <laughs> anyway, so disappointing result for the Raw's A-League side, fantastic result for the W-League side, and once again, disappointing Monday for me, but... We're on to uh, better things now with the W League finals. I'm glad you turn up to host the show, actually. Of course I turned yeah. up. We're sitting in my lounge room. Yeah. <laughs> you just texted me and said we're downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough nonsense. I think we're going to have to take a little bit of a break now and move on to segment three. We're going to talk about the NPL and other news. We'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela with you this afternoon. And we're going to move on to segment three now, which is NPL and news, apparently. I'm definitely not just reading this for the first time. So, Did you have a stroke just then? <laughs> which arm goes numb for a stroke? Good question. <laughs> Anyway, so the NPL and FQPL kicked off this weekend, and we're going to run through the round one results. Redlands went down 6-2 to Moreton Bay. Sorry, Angela. Yeah. <laughs> North, uh, North Queensland 4-2 over Sunshine Coast. Olympic 6-2 over Mackay Whit Sunday Magpies Crusaders, which is still my favourite team name. <laughs> and Pride went up 2-1 over Strikers, so good start to the title defence for them. Excellent start. 2-1 for Lions over City. Gold Coast, 3-1 over Cairns. And the Raw Youth last night, I believe it was. Yeah, last mm-hmm. night. Okay, good. I didn't imagine that. 2-1 over Southwest Queensland Thunder. The goals were from Akbari and Muradovic. I did learn how to pronounce that. <laughs> Very good. So, Angela, take us through... We'll go with the game you were at. Redlands. Yep. Um, it probably wasn't the best start to the season. Well, the start Nick probably wanted. Um, the defence was... Just not up to the scratch of the Morden Bay attack. The Morden Bay attack is quite potent, but even in saying that, Morden Bay were favourites, and they only scored they scored four of their goals from set pieces. I thought you were going to say they only scored six there. Yeah, they only scored six, but no, they only scored four of their goals from set pieces, which is quite surprising considering they could only score two from open play, and one of those goals was an own goal. <laughs> and, well, and also, I suppose, if you're looking at it that way, the cohesion at set pieces, that's something that will probably come yeah. as the year goes mm-hmm. on as well, and as I would say Western Pride can attest, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> I will say, can we get the Morton Bay coach down to the road just for one training session? Just go four goals in corners? Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> they go in all right. Yeah, they go in all right, but... 270 without a goal, Angela. Anything at this point. <laughs> it, it wasn't... It, overall, it was an interesting match from Morton Bay. Redlands did fix their scoring problem, I must say. The goal from Shudo was a piece of brilliance that Raw probably could need. He was able to pick up the ball from a defender, travel around the goalkeeper and put it in calmly. And then Carlton West there produced, produced a piece of brilliance, um, individual brilliance, and it was just good. He ran down the line, smashed it in. That's what he Ned does. <laughs> Every other goal I won't recap because I can't remember most of them. That's okay. Well, I, I have to admit... It's a distant memory now. I, I, I have to admit, I've been a little bit off football this weekend for obvious reasons, but ready to get back into it now and... We figured we'd tap into your expertise. For that. <laughs> I did watch the live stream of the Strikers Western Pride game. I mean, that second goal for Wenzel Halls. I mean, that's that's a gift. Yeah, Wenzel that Halls was, is a brilliant player. Yeah, he's really good, but that was a gift. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was a gift. <laughs> hey, you take that gift yeah. when you can and run with it. 
He it did. was it was interesting to see some of the people's responses who were at the Strikers and Pride game saying the Strikers. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> mostly there to support Pride, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but they were saying that maybe Strikers aren't up to the challenge to def- to um, to defend the Premiership. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because I mean, I hope I did jinx them by picking them to win the Premiership. <laughs> I I was genuinely hoping Mackay with Sundays would get <laughs> off to a good start because of. I do have ties to that area, having lived there for all of five months. You should have seen the monsoon the second half up there. Oh, the it was a monsoon. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. I, I did see some of the photos yeah. from that, and it was one of the times I was glad that I didn't live there because all I remember when it <laughs> rained was having to run around the house and just close every window. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was about up there, but the rain seemed to be able to come in multiple different directions. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably would have also played havoc for the keepers up there yeah. as well. Anyway, in the FQPL wins came for Holland Park, Palabar, Peninsula and Souths, and in the NPL women's big... Uh, yeah, if I if I learn how to read, big wins for Pride, Lions and The Gap. Yeah, it was a huge win for The Gap. 17-0 <laughs> against Mudgery Bar. <laughs> kind of feel bad for Mudgery Bar. That, that can happen in the NPL women's. I mean, there's there's always been teams that are stronger than others. I, I remember being at Souths a couple of years ago for a lot of games, and a lot of those games were quite one-sided. Didn't that happen with Sunshine Coast a lot last yeah, year? Yeah, it did. Men's NPL? Yeah. Especially when you come up a team against the Gap, who are a, one of the best teams, yeah. I have to say, in the NPLW, and they've been consistent for that while. If you come up against them and you get double digits scored against you in your first yeah. ever season, it's just a nice welcome to the league. <laughs> and they'll be out for revenge too after not winning the championship last year. Oh, yeah. And with potential power not being there, they have a good yeah. shot at it. Yeah. All right, so week two coming up this weekend, it's Lions versus Strikers. That'll be fun. Morton Bay versus <laughs> yeah. City. That actually sounded a lot more sarcastic than I meant. I'm like, go to that game. Cairns versus Sunshine Coast, Pride versus Olympic, North Queensland versus Magpies Crusaders, and Redlands against Southwest Queensland. So you, mean, what, you missed Raw and Gold Coast. I was going to get to that. Okay. Yeah, I've actually got a system for this. No, you don't. You, no, you don't have a system. I thought you would have learnt this after a year and a half, but no, apparently not. <laughs> you have no system. I know you too well. <laughs> anyway, you gloss over things on that run sheet. The other, so, out of those games, which one are you looking forward to then, Scott? Um, I would like to see the Raw beat the Gold Coast for old time's sake, but I, w- I won't be making the trip down for it. Saturday, 7pm at Station Reserve, yeah. Rabina. Just, yeah, it's just next to the train station. Um, but I'll be looking forward to Lions and Strikers. Lions were really good from all reports on Saturday night, and Strikers will be looking for a reaction. I think it would be a very interesting game. I think Pride and Olympic will be quite yeah. interesting. Um, I remember Pride and Olympic playing each other in FFA Cup last year, and it just didn't go Pride's way, but... Pride have all the momentum behind them. They have a strong side and they have a side that stays together. So it'll be good to see how they go. And about five all that. And it ended up, and that's their home return as well. So hopefully they actually get a decent crowd out there to. It's also a double header as well. The women are playing beforehand. Sadly, I can't attend. But yes, they're playing beforehand. So it should be a good night. Oh, good. More football. Never a bad thing. All right, so we're going to move on to the news now and talk about Pedge Rodinovich, brought in from the FFA's football director to replace Craig Moore. He's officially joining the Roar in March yeah. when Moore's tenure expires. Scott, what do you think of this appointment? It's hard to gauge because I've never actually heard of him until last week, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. But it sounds like he's doing a lot of good work at the FFA. And if he does have a lot of inside knowledge on what other clubs have done with the salary cap and what players are being paid, that that's an invaluable resource. I can see why other clubs don't like it, but it's for the Roar, it's a huge advantage. Yeah, so his history was with the FFA essentially monitoring the salary yeah. cap situation for all of the teams. And there was a story out on Saturday, I believe it was. I saw it while I was... I think it was so, Saturday, yeah, that was Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were talking about how some of the clubs aren't happy because they feel like he might bring some of the knowledge he acquired in his role with the FFA to help benefit the Raw, to which I say... Well, aren't you... If you get a job, aren't you meant to bring your knowledge to the yeah. job? Like, <laughs> isn't that given? I think Sydney FC hired someone from the FFA this week as well, if to be... In their corporate as well. Yes, so. they did. Where's the outrage? Exactly. I demand a coronial <laughs> inquest. There you go. It's started. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see many people leaving the FFA, though. Mm. At this point, it's very it's interesting. But... Jumping before the ship sinks? <laughs> it could very well be the case. <laughs> I, just just throwing it out there. I can't. I have to say, my experience with the FFA so far has been quite pleasant. Yeah. No, they're quite nice sometimes. <laughs> oh, well, look, it seems like it's a really astute hire from a raw perspective, because... As I said in the story, I forget who had it. It was Vince, I think, that had it. What's this? The story about the other clubs not being I happy. Think it was yeah, a story, it yeah. was. Yep. And, okay, we'll give the credit to Vince there. <laughs> and talk about how at the end of the article, there was actually a thing saying first 
order of business will be sitting down with Corey Brown and trying to resolve that situation because as it's been reported again and again and again and again and again that Melbourne Victory are interested in signing him, it seems like there's still a chance for the Raw to keep him. Melbourne Victory, Brisbane Raw 2.0. Yeah. With I prefer Luke Brisbane Raw B. <laughs> Brisbane Raw B? Yeah. Okay. And then Melbourne City, uh, Brisbane Raw C, and Adelaide United B. <laughs> that, that's very true. <laughs> There's 17 players there for the victories. Lots of recruitment options. Mm. And then the expansion debate is back on the table. Oh, oh God. Jeez. So we'll just be quick with this then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I put it in because we have to talk about it, not because I want to it, talk about it. For me, it was actually a quite telling quote from Greg O'Rourke saying, when you have two teams in the one city, you get this one plus one equals three effect. If you think of the Wanderers versus Sydney FC, it created a rivalry that didn't exist prior to that. We believe if a second team was to come out of Brisbane, it would do exactly that. It would encourage fans to pick sides and fill the stadium at derby time. All that proves to me is Greg O'Rourke failed math. <laughs> <laughs> one plus went, one equals three. Or exactly. he went to George Orwell's school where two plus two equals five. Possibly. <laughs> it's, it's just... I, the problem with Brisbane is that it's in rugby league city. Everyone knows it's a rugby league city. Everyone knows that football comes second in every single dimension. I don't think having a second team is going to fill a stadium, let alone do anything. The difference with Sydney is that Sydney have a different ethnic makeup in yeah. their background, which is football based. And just a bigger population yeah. base. And a bigger, as well. yeah. It, Sydney also did it really well with the East West thing. You yeah. see what putting a second team into Melbourne is Sydney still can't get any traction. Yeah, the only. They still can't get any traction. I mean, I think if you're going to do it, it has to be the Ipswich area for the Raw. I got to at admit, least have yeah. like a, a reason for the. I don't. I or Gold I don't Coast think, or just yeah. southeast Queensland yeah. rather than north Bruce south itself. across the river thing's not going to work. The no. only how people I've ever heard talk about that as a rivalry north south above the river yeah. is a certain commercial radio station yeah. here <laughs> when so, they need social yeah. when media you, content. When you're down in Sydney, you can tell the very distinct difference between the east and the west. When yeah. you go across the river here, there's no difference. Exactly, it's not going to work. People still can't drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, well, that's true. <laughs> but I. I I'm actually not against the idea of a second Brisbane side because, truthfully, I do feel like there are quite a few fans that right now only support the rule for one of two reasons. Either A, they just want a football team, and B, because they're only fans of winning. And I think we're seeing that with the response to the A-League side now where they only expect the rule to win. And I know it's the idea of a fan, but they don't know how to take a bad season. Yeah, it's a kind of the same with Man City fans. What Man City fans <laughs> That is, it, it, I hate saying this, but if you don't want to support your team through the good and bad times, then what are you doing? But like, questioning yeah. them, like questioning yeah. the rule when they're having a bad season, I totally understand. Yeah. We do it on this show. Yeah. Like we ask the question, you know, is Aloisi the right man for the job? And I'm sick of answering the question. <laughs> I am too. But I'll also say, I don't think the strikers of the city bid are mm-hmm. of the right standard. I don't think either of them stack up to be something that would be sustainable for the long term. Particularly if they have to play at Suncorp, which I know they're talking about Ballymore and Perry Park, but I don't see those things happening. I, I can't see the government ba- putting in money for either of those stadiums, to be honest. And truthfully, like in terms of stadium, for me, Ballymore is the most obvious yeah. outlet there. But it does need yeah. a lot of work. Like is, We've been there for yeah. the fan day for training and media ops, and yeah. it's I, I have yeah. many fond memories of Ballymore from you know the Reds growing up, but it's not what I don't think either even remotely on the agenda at all though for the government in terms of funding if you think if they're actually going to do anything at the moment it would be the GABA because they're losing all the cricket that's yeah. what that's, if they're going to do anything that's what they would actually do I don't think it's as much as we all know we need a second rectangle stadium in Brisbane so I don't think it's on the agenda for the short to medium term and the other question is of course yeah. we're not going to go into the debate now but where does it go yeah one thing that did act, that might actually bring about a new stadium in Brisbane a boutique purpose built one is the Women's World Cup yeah Expert segue there. <laughs> the, the federal government's pledged $4 million to help fund the Women's 2023 World Cup yeah. bid, which, bring it on. Just keep the receipts. Just keep the receipts. <laughs> you saw that same joke yeah. on Twitter today, yeah. too? Yeah. I think it's brilliant that the government's getting behind this after yeah. everything that happened with the failed yeah. FIFA Men's 2 World Cup bids. Um, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I don't really see any other bids coming from any other countries that I've looked at, considering there are like six other ones on the list, including Colombia, New Zealand, South Korea, and Japan. I don't really see any of those other countries viable unless they join together, like South Korea and Japan, having a joint bid like they did in 2002. The one thing that sunk the Australia bid other than corruption was the TV. Other than the TV, (laughs) you know it's true. I know, it's just the way you phrased it. Other than it was the TV, I don't think that would be much of an issue with the Women's World Cup. They seem to be more willing to send that to other parts of the world, but the Men's World Cup, they seem to want it in the perfect time slot for Europe. I think 
I think it's a good chance this could happen for the, the women's game. It'd be fantastic. It really would. And I think that just the success of Matildas and the growth of women's football in this country only help yeah. the bid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. I thought you were trying to segue. No, you're right. I think it would be really good. I think it would be really good crowds as well. We saw with the Asian Cup, it draw, drew in a lot of people. I think it would draw in a lot of people for the Women's World Cup as well. All right, I'm done coughing up a lung. You're done. <laughs> you completely threw me then. Yeah, sorry. I didn't expect yeah. to catch my breath there. Yeah. But the way you look at it now, like, I know it's getting way ahead of ourselves, but with the Matilda squad, the way it's built, they would be a, they could go on one of those great runs and win the World Cup on home soil. And we saw what happened with the US in 2015? Yes, 2015 in Canada. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's Oops. close to home soil. Close. Same continent. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you saw the way that, like, the stadiums were packed out because it was so easy for a lot of the US yeah. fans to get there and that was more the point that I was trying to make while I try not to bring up a lung again. Even the World Cup prior in Germany had a lot of people there as well. Well, we, like, when we seen with the women's games fan base that we have a a lot of American fan base. It's amazing. And a lot of them are, are pre- preparing to come over to Australia already. They're like, yes, we're coming to Australia for 2023. It's going to happen. We're going to be there. We want to meet everyone. We want to do all this. It's, I think it's already great gaining traction, even though we haven't been given it. Pardon the ignorance here on my part, but what time of year would it be? Um, I believe it's this, it's during the June, July. I believe it's the same time as what the men's is usually on. Okay, so you wouldn't actually have too much of a clash in terms of. Oh yes, you would. Oh no, I'm just talking about. <laughs> I'm just talking about in terms of like weather and stuff, where you might, like, you'd be able to spread the games out it, a little. It bit. It would more. completely depend if it is in Australia. I'm guessing they wouldn't play it in the summertime, just because yeah. our football is on at that time. But FIFA doesn't always make yeah. the smartest decisions. No, in terms they of scheduling. don't. Um, but is it, the AFL media bubble aware of beyond in June, July? Because I haven't seen them coming out saying all the stadiums are unavailable <laughs> after last time. <laughs> it, I, they I, haven't I, kicked up a stink yet. Are, yeah. they, are they aware of this fact? Do they know that another, there's another league in women's sport? Or do they no, they invented, they invented women's sport last year, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so easy to sink your boot into it. Yeah. yeah, it is. Anyway, but yeah, best of luck to that bid. We yeah. hope it gets up because, frankly... It'd be nice to have a World Cup in Australia. Yeah, would. Keep, keep an eye out for December. That's when we put our official bid in, I believe. That's when the due date is. Do you know when it gets decided? And when media accreditation comes out? <laughs> that is a great question. I've only got as far as December. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, quick mention. Uh, Youth League Grand Final. Wanderers beat City 3-1 in extra time. Good for them. Yeah. And Jamie McLaren scores for Hibernian. Not yeah. a bad way to mark his debut yeah. at uh, Ibrox. Yeah, exactly. A way to Rangers. Cool. Hmm. And then there was a Wellington debate in or out, but I don't think Isn't I'm going to really say anything deb- here and not get in trouble. So. Is it really a debate? I mean, I've, previously I've been of the opinion that the league needed expansion, not cutting them. But if there's if there's three viable Australian bids, I would just honestly at this point let them go. I just because I, quite, they're not yeah. offering anything. Apparently, twenty nine thousand people watched the game on Fox on Friday night. They're just Sydney not FC. interesting. They're not interesting. I think the biggest problem is just with their own football federation. Hmm. To be honest, I don't yeah. think they have the backing of their own football yeah. federation, and it's kind of sad yeah. to see that. Yeah. But I, I don't want to cut them. I just yeah. hope that they get the backing they need and they get the support they need. But my patience is wearing very thin with them. Mm-hmm. Mine ran out a year and a half yeah. ago. I figure, and I used the line from Adam Peacock that I heard earlier this year: New Zealand football does poorly, it impacts Australian football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Zealand football does well, it has zero benefit to yeah. Australia. So, and it is, after yeah. all, the Australian league. Now, if Oceania eventually gets absorbed into Asia, then we can have that discussion in a whole other way. But other than that, I think I'm going to call it for segment three. We'll be back (laughs) after this. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Angela, how can people get in contact with you? Um, you can find us um, at The Women's Game um, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And that's as much as I want to give at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you guys have got a new setup we've, as well now, which a deserves new... a lot of congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we have a new Twitter setup. It's um, at More Women's Game. Uh, it just talks about all the other women's sports going on from surfing, Olympics, Commonwealth Games, AFLW, pretty much anything we can think of. Well, it's a good thing you set up that Commonwealth Games segment when that uh, starts in, what, two months? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Preparing now. <laughs> I, must not, I better not say what's popped into my head then. I could get in trouble. 
Oh, at least not at the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Scott, how can people get in contact with us yeah, so Facebook, to register complaints yeah, with you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long queue. <laughs> Facebook at The Raw Review. Facebook The Raw Review. Twitter at Raw Review. Um, the podcast Wooshka and iTunes. Email BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. And fan cams on Northern Plaza after, post, after the games. Provided some genius gets his equipment sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> I might have let the batteries yeah. run down after. Get it together, would you? I was distracted by the biggest annual sporting event in the world. We're, but anyway. We're get, Adam's actually not on holidays. He's scouting replacements. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Find somewhere else yeah, to record. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that. I mean, like, fan cam replacements. Not podcast. Seriously? No. Oh. <laughs> you wish. I like doing fan cams. Yeah. I just don't like editing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We're going to start off with the biggest game for the Raw this weekend, which is the W League semi-final. Sunday, 3 o'clock at Perry Park, Brisbane Raw against Melbourne City. This season, it was a 2-0 win in Round 8 and a 0-0 draw in Round 12. Second finals meeting with City after a 5-4 loss on penalties two seasons ago when City were absolutely killing everybody yeah. else. So, <laughs> going down on penalties... That was a heroic performance. Yeah. yeah. It's still a disappointing yeah. memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime you lose 5-4 yeah. in a final, mm-hmm. it's very disappointing. Right, Scott? Yes. Yes. All right, so Angela, what are you expecting out of this game? Um, I'm expecting a mixed bag. City did put on performance against Newcastle and showed that they are up for the challenge in finals. But again, finals is a different thing of football. And Melbourne City just haven't been consistent this season, unlike the Brisbane Roar. And they have been able to cause some trouble, though, as we can see by the score lines. Who are you most worried about? Um, I'm more worried about if Jess Fisherlock puts on and ter- if she actually turns up to the game. If she turns up to the game, turns it on, then we're in trouble. But I have no doubt that our back line will try and contain her as best as possible. With the way Claire Polkinghorne's played, though, I actually feel like Jess Fishlock could be reduced to the role of a spectator at this rate. <laughs> oh, don't stop. Don't say that. This is, this is a real danger game, though, because I think Canberra would have felt quite confident at home a year ago after finishing top of the table, and City got past them. So I think this is actually a bit more of a danger game. I just because they are yeah. they are actually hitting a bit of form at the back end of the season. I just hope that, like I said in the first segment, that as long as the defenders aren't complacent about the way they pass the ball around at the back, yeah. then we could do some real damage. But if just Fishlock doesn't turn up again, it's yeah. not going to happen. The have also got exactly what they wanted out of the two games against City this year. They got the win at home, which they desperately wanted. And I think they were quite happy with the point away a couple of weeks ago. Well, City have failed to score against yeah, us. That's exactly. just a yeah. big, big bonus. Yeah, and for all the complaints about the Raw's lack of goals, they've scored, what, eight in the last yeah, two games? exactly. So they must be doing something right there. I think that they are finally hitting their straps mm. with that, but my only concern is that how many shots has it taken for them to actually get those eight goals? Yeah. I think our conversion rate is still sitting around 15%, and I believe Melbourne City's is one of the top ones with, I think, elite 18%. Which isn't that far off, but it's still quite a gap. But in a finals game, that could be the difference where, yeah. you know, 10 shots, one has a better chance of going in. Yeah. And it's just going to come down to, I suppose, who shows up on the day. And I believe, so it's at Perry Park. Yes. And tickets are available. Well, are they still available? Yes. What? We um, only have 60% capacity at the moment. And it, I think, believe they're selling about 3,600 with more to be released if um, FFA people and other people do not turn up, according to Fair Brisbane Roar. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, that's... Filling the strikers yeah. ground for them again. Yeah. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Yeah. But it's I'm going to get banned from that place by July, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> if we do Are t- you actively trying to get banned, <laughs> or is it just going to be a byproduct of just your natural persona? Little column A, little column B. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what... Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic afternoon at Perry Park. Yep. I'm sure, I'm guessing you're going. Yep. And you'll yep. obviously be there. <laughs> I will be watching it from my desk at work, and it's going to be a very fun afternoon and hopefully uh, sets up for a grand final in a week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. Before that, though, the A League side are in action Friday night against mm-hmm. Melbourne Victory. Oh, so, All time record against Victory, played 42, won 14, lost 19, and drawn 9. One win at Amy Park against Victory from nine outings. Lost five, drawn three. Of course, that one win was that famous... Uh, what's the right 3-0. Word? Yeah, 3-0 destruction of Victory yeah. with, I think, was it 26-pass goal? Yeah. Or something ridiculous like it's that? It's also the last time they won in Melbourne. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. This season, not the best run of results. 5-1 <laughs> uh, in the FFA Cup mm. round of 32. That was... Something we like yeah. to forget still. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, 1-1 in round six. That was down at Etihad. Yep. 
That was, I think, the Jacob Pepper's first game in defence. It was, yeah. Yeah, because that's right. I remember that. <laughs> I went for yeah. I went for a run around Kangaroo Point in the South Bank just before, uh, or while lineups were announced, and then the next thing I know, the two defenders are out, and Jacob Pepper's starting at <laughs> centre back. So that was yeah. a bit of a shock. Yeah. To finish too, because I just felt my phone buzzing with you and Adam talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Then victory 2-1 in round 11. Now, I feel like there was some controversy surrounding that game, but I can't okay. remember what it was, so let's just say VAR sucks and move yeah. on. I think yeah. victory also had a convincing win in pre-season as well, so it's four meetings all up. Yeah, and... but that stream wasn't available, so exactly. who cares about that? <laughs> okay. So, Brin- Brisbane are winless in their last 13 games in Melbourne, as we just mentioned, the last win was round 13, 2013-14. Changes to the lineup, Scott? Well, there's going to be one, because Corey Brown's suspended. Yes, and I'm um, just listening to what John Lewis is saying in the post game about a reshuffle. I get the feeling maybe Franich at right back and Hingard at left back, because if, if Conroe Tool's not not available, well, Daningham, the obvious replacement. Yeah, Daningham wouldn't be a reshuffle. That's just a like for like swap as well. So if it is genuinely going to be a reshuffle, I think that would make sense. And, and I also think Ben Carfolo will start in place of Leck as well. Yeah, and I suppose the one thing with the way that fullbacks are set up, nothing against Daningham, but if. Yeah. I'd be putting my two best available mm-hmm. fullbacks on the park, yeah. which at this point would be Franich and Hingard. Yeah. But that's just me. What do I know? There's a reason I'm sitting here talking and not coaching. <laughs> Aloisi might do that, so I wouldn't say yeah. it's not too short. So midfield, I'm guessing it would still stay as Christensen and Mackay. They didn't it's seem not, to... Who else are you going to bring in? Well, Mid-Troxborough. And the look on Scott's face. <laughs> I didn't say a word. Well... The only reason I ask mm-hmm. that is because with the way Christensen's mm-hmm. health has been this yeah. year is you almost have to ask the question is will he be able to get through the game? Yeah, but at this point you've got to roll the dice. Mm. And you do have the luxury of a week yeah. off afterwards because yeah. this is of course the A-League split round. Yes. First of two this season. Oh, I forgot that. It was great. Yeah, it's for that ha- Champions League thing that they're all didn't qualify in. It's great. It means I only have to do three games in a preview for work this week. So <laughs> I'm not too upset about that. <laughs> so... I don't know if it's last chance for the finals, but... Yes, it is. It is, no. Because after this game, the Wanderers have two games before the Raw play again. They've got their catch-up game against Wellington, and then their regularly scheduled game against Newcastle next week. Is now, it bad that I don't know where we're on the table now? Uh, they're we're seventh, seven? three points behind the Wanderers. You've oh, been a little God. distracted. Yeah. I think it, that's, like, that's forgivable. Yeah. I thought we were in seventh, but I yeah. wasn't sure. So they're in seventh yeah. right seven, now. three points behind the Wanderers, and if they don't beat victory, the Wanderers could go nine points clear, hypothetically. Probably not, because they're playing Newcastle, but yeah. at least six yeah. points clear, which... But can, can the Raw realistically close that? And even if they do, you look at the sort of teams they would play in round one of the finals. Adelaide, okay, they beat them last time. City, they just lost to. If they don't beat victory, they play four or five games this year without beating them. You need to beat these sort of teams that you're going to play round one. If you well, before you worry up. about finals matchup, I would say yeah. first and foremost, no, get you to want the you want confidence when you get there, though. True against these teams. But even so, just looking at the tables, so yeah, a win here would be fantastic for the Raw. Although it is a big ask, yeah. all things considered. But they're right now they're three points behind Western Sydney with yeah. a game in hand. Just mm-hmm. for clarification. Yeah. Yep. I would actually go so far as to say, like, it's not over, but it, you're right, it does basically... If the Wanderers win their, both their games, it would be. Well, when we Nine went, points would be an insurmountable gap for me. Well, when we went back and looked at it a while ago, we said I think it was 16 to 20 points from the final games, and it does mean mathematically that's still possible, but you do yeah. need a lot to go in your favour. So that's yeah. what, from then, was that last week? You said it all the week before? Two weeks ago. So it's, they were on three from six. Yeah. Yep. So right now, for me, it's just a case of hope for the best yeah. and look if you try and, if you end the season on a strong note as well we know that the club has said that Aloisi is going to coach out the rest of the season if he does still have the team which by all public comments he does yeah. they're going to want to finish strong just on that I'd be a bit nervous if I was him this week just purely based on history just in terms of timing no Mulvey got sacked after a victory game Rado stepped aside after a victory game which I was in Melbourne for Frank Freena's <laughs> last game in charge was a Melbourne victory game we just really like Melbourne yeah, Victory, don't exactly. we? We like, just have a great history with them. Like, um, and removing coaches after losing to them in Melbourne, <laughs> that's Cogley's for sure. first game after he left was for Melbourne Victory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just had yeah, to throw something Exactly. There. Anyway. I don't I, think he's getting sacked next week, by the way. I'm no. I'm saying it. I think it would take a massive U-turn to decide that they're yeah. going to get rid of him, but... It's too late. Yeah. And look, as we keep saying, there are 17 players off contract at the end of the season. Or is it 16 now? 17. 17. These guys are all playing for a job next year, so 
you really hope that they are able to put something together. Well, that should be the Raw's main concern, that those players are off contract, not trying to... Like, qualifying for finals is great, but trying to sign players and making sure you have a team next year, so I mean, to have to find a whole bunch of new players should be a Raw's priority. Yeah, exactly. Make the best possible case for yourself, whether... It's here or somewhere else. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, other fixtures in the split round. Melbourne City versus Sydney FC in the light blue derby. And then Western Sydney against... They don't wear light blue, they wear city blue. And sky blue, which are both shades of light blue. So I was at at the Peninsula Power Melbourne City FFA Cup tie. I said they wear sky blue and I was scolded. (laughs) City blue. Um, it's blue. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, not according to the Melbourne City people. I'm colourblind. Just be glad that I yeah. know that it's light blue. They don't like it when you call it sky blue. I'll have to do it on purpose now. And the catch-up game Sunday. from round seven, Western Sydney against Wellington. And good for them. Yeah. All right, so we're going to close out with predictions. Now, Angela, you're filling in for Adam, so feel free to pick whatever triple-digit scoreline you want. Um, I would love Brisbane to win, but with our recent scores, I don't think so. So I'm going to say we're going to lose 3-0. All right. Sorry, that was guys. 13 nil. Yep. 13 nil. <laughs> Typo. <laughs> yeah, I should point out, you're picking for Adam, who's actually leading out tips. Yeah. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> no, please <laughs> stitch him up, please. You want to catch up. Scott, what are you saying? 2 nil, Melbourne. All right. I'm going to be... A-League, little... right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic and say that the Raw will get a goal, yeah. but it's going to follow the same pattern to last week, mm. just hopefully without the penalty getting saved, and 1-2 to Melbourne yeah. victory. Although the good news is last time we all picked the Raw to lose, uh, they wound up winning. So Maybe maybe our luck's in our favour. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> all right, that's going to be... We should this... also pick the W League as well very quickly. Oh, well, I thought we all said yeah. that we thought they were going to win. <laughs> I also, they've, they've played five finals, five W League semifinals. They've all gone to... Just about five out of seven have gone to extra time. I'm going 2-0. And four break. of them have gone to penalties. So. Yeah, I... So be, don't make, Have you got a way to measure your heart rate during the game? Because I'd love yeah. to see yeah. like if if it gets up towards two hundred, yeah. if that's the case. The way to measure it is if you don't see me tweeting <laughs> after a while. Yeah, don't um, make plans for early evening on Sunday if you're going to the game because it's probably still going to be going. Yeah, yeah. like a traditional raw final. Yeah. Actually, that's the one thing that I probably should have mentioned in segment one. It was nice to see a raw team win a trophy just in a canter rather than needing a last-minute miracle. Well, you're mentioning it now, so it's fine. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I've been saving up that joke all day. I had to get it out. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to go 2-0 in 90 minutes for the Raw. I reckon it's going to be 2-2, and we'll go to extra time, and Raw will win in extra time. 2-1 in extra time. All right, so that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Angela, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me back. Just Enjoy the weekend. Rubbish. We'll hopefully have you back on at some point soon if you survive Sunday. Yeah, if I survive Sunday. <laughs> Scott? Yes, good to see you, yeah, James. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Get out and enjoy the football this weekend. We'll be back next Wednesday. No, Tuesday. Tuesday. That's right. <laughs>